Hey everybody, welcome to the Royals FC show. We are on episode 13, and my name is Ryan Kelly. With me, I've got my co-hosts. Go ahead, you guys. Cindy. <laughs> and I'm Virtue. Awesome, awesome. So, we have a lot to go through to this week. Uh, we have post-game, the wrap-up from last week, preview of next week, a lot of team news. What we're going to jump into first, though is we got email, which we are super excited about. Uh, we've, we've been telling people, uh, you know, write us your thoughts, your questions, whatever you've got on the team. And uh, this nice fellow named Nick B was kind enough to write us a, a little message here. We've edited it down. It was a long email, which is great. We don't mind reading long stories, but uh, we, we cut it down a little bit just to save a little time here. But I'm going to go ahead and read just some uh, his thoughts on, on his experience from the home game uh, against Orlando Pride uh, a little while back. He said, before the game... We were watching the Orlando Pride warm up. Several young girls were calling Alex Morgan's name. I didn't see her once look over and wave or smile or even acknowledge them. My daughters, Jasmine and Kayla, along with Debbie, uh, that's his wife, I assume, started calling Marta's name. During a break in the warm-up, she looked over and gave us and the crowd a thumbs up and a smile. As the warm-ups finished and the players were walking into the tunnel, several young girls started chanting Alex Morgan's name. Alex walked into the tunnel without even a look, a wave, or a smile. As Marta was walking into the tunnel, Debbie said in Portuguese, Marta, photo after the game? Marta gave a thumbs up and a smile as she was walking into the tunnel. Once the game started, it was interesting to see Marta switch into the competitive mode. Marta went from humble, polite, to probably the most competitive player on the field. Some people might not like some of her mannerisms during a game, but I would argue it is a style of play. It was interesting to see how many young girls there were standing around with Alex Morgan's book in their hand, watching every movement she made. Once Orlando's coach finished talking, I watched Morgan turn and head straight into the tunnel. Debbie asked her in Portuguese, will you take a selfie with my daughters? Marta smiled and said yes. She took my phone and proceeded to take a couple photos with my daughters, Debbie and myself. Allie Krieger and Abby Smith also came and signed autographs and took photos. To wrap up my novel, it is sometimes hard to step back and realize these players are people. It is interesting to see the most nice and humble people turn into unbelievable competitors on the field and then go back to being themselves after the game. It is interesting to see what fame has possibly done to some players and how it has possibly changed them as individuals. Thank you, loyal Royals and women's soccer fans, Nick, Debbie, Jasmine, and Kayla Bunnell. Uh, that's a great story, and it, it does. It paints that picture that you don't um, always see on the field versus off the field exactly who a person is. Um, I have a similar kind of thing with uh, Landon Donovan on the men's side. On the field, I cannot stand that guy because he is in-your-face, hard-nosed, and you want that in a player, but for opposing fans, I mean, he is... Uh, you know, he can get under your skin a little bit, but I hear nothing but, you know, off the field, he's a fantastic guy. So, um, cool story to get there. Um, and, and you never know what a player's going through on a given day or anything like that too. So, uh, just a cool story. Um, you guys have any thoughts on that or anything to add 
I thought it was really interesting, and I feel kind of bad because I've ripped on Marta a lot. And I mean a lot. And so knowing that she is, you know, a genuine person is pretty cool. And uh, it's kind of lame of Alex Morgan. I get that, um, you know, she was injured in the game. So, like, I don't blame her for wanting to go to the locker room. But if she was like that before the game, that's, I don't know, it's kind of whatever. Yeah, that was that was an interesting thing to hear uh, on that end, too. Um, but, yeah, like you say, you never know, though. I mean, on other days, who knows if she's feeling better, you know. Yeah. Maybe she does a bit more of that. So. Yeah, and I and I think yeah. it was just a bad day, um, as far as um, you know, she got injured. That wasn't particularly a very um, that was a nasty tackle by Katrina Gory. She did. Um, so I mean, I I could see f- from her perspective, the last thing you want to do is sign autographs when you don't know the extent of your injury, um, because. I mean, I've been to games where Alex Morgan is incredibly friendly towards her fans, and she will sign autographs. I mean, everyone knows Alex Morgan. Um, but, you know, it could have been just that, that she just wanted to go get some treatment and she wasn't feeling well. But, you know, it is obviously disappointing from the other perspective. Um, but that's post-game. I'm not entirely sure why she wasn't acknowledging anybody pre-game. That's a different story, and... Maybe we can um, chat with Alex Morgan. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I'd be down for that. Maybe. Alex. Could be a lot of fun. That would be, you that were would here be super cool. on such and such date. You made a little <laughs> girl cry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, yeah. Put the guilt trip inquisition on her. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, no, no. Um, so, but anyway, uh, just... Uh, Thanks again, Nick, for writing that in. And, uh, you know, we love to hear stories and, and share experiences like that because, uh, you know, for me especially, I love seeing the interaction with the fans and the women are really great at that. You know, I, I noticed after uh, the game this past weekend against Houston, as the, as the Royals made their way around the field to acknowledge the crowd, every one of them had a marker in their hand already. Someone's going to the bench and, and bringing that out because that's their mindset when the game ends is we got to go hang out, hang with our fans and, and sign some autographs and make that connection. And I, I really love seeing teams do that. Something I wish that, uh, that the guys did a little bit more. Um, but uh, anyway, that all said and done. Let's move on to uh, transfer thoughts. Uh, Virtual, you said the you saw that the the secondary window is open for the NWSL. That it is. Ooh. So the question then becomes: Do the Royals make a move? Do they need to? And and what would we potentially be looking for? What are your guys' thoughts on on potential transfers? Oh, I think. I think I could see the need for, you know, a striker, especially one that has, like, the speed that could go with um, Amy Rodriguez. Um, And obviously that would mean potentially a trade somewhere down the road. Um, I I believe, um, yeah, so I I think that's that's my thought is is if that's what's going to happen. But at the same time, I also feel like the Royals are starting to click that 
bringing in someone new, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, and I think there's just so much attachment to players right now that kind of seeing someone go would be um, a little hard for, for people. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, although one thing we've heard before is that Laura Harvey is not a coach who's afraid to mm. pull the trigger on a, on a transfer. If she sees a need or if she finds out she can get a player and it's really going to have a, a positive impact on the team mm. and, and her record kind of speaks for itself that she can... You know, her, you know, all of her teams have performed so well that if you know, if, if she sees that and wants to do it, it can be hard to argue with. Although I, I too would hate to see anybody leave at this mm-hmm. point. I, I get way too attached to players. So. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Virtual, any transfer ideas? Go get Kristen Press. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew it. <laughs> Um, that that wouldn't hurt, right? You wouldn't think anyway. Yeah, I would hope not. Um, I don't know. I mean, the attack is starting to come together. I think the game against Houston was the most attacking we've seen mm. so far this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like like you said, the chemistry is starting to come together, and I don't know. Mm. With the whole um, Boston dispersal draft and you know, the 20-plus roster space that you get from that draft. It's sort of hard to know the exact rules of, like, who can we bring in, who can we not with that space. Although uh, we were talking about before the show, obviously, uh, some of these injury updates sort of link into that and could provide some nuances there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the team has had Mandy Laddish on season-ending injuries. She had surgery on her hip a, few, uh, a while ago, and then uh, they just, in the last up injury report, uh, moved Alex Arlett to the season-ending list, too. I, I think she must have had uh, some surgery on her. I think she was having trouble with her knee. Um, so she will also not be playing, and, and those two players were both part of the original 18 to 20 players the team had before the breakers players were added on. So again, you know, NWSL rules can be just as confusing as MLS sometimes, but it's possible that those two roster spots are, are open to bring somebody in without necessarily having to move somebody out. So we'll see on that. Um, other injury notes, Kelly O'Hara, as we all know, had uh, another strain of her of her hamstring in that Orlando match. Missed last week against against Houston. Um, they're looking at least two weeks, and I, I think that's just to assess the injury a little bit more because Kelly, of course, wants to run back out and play uh, immediately. And uh, I think the staff and the and the trainers want to take their time, make sure that it's just her hamstring and not linked to something else in her in her leg or, or hopefully not her knee you know you want to you, know, you want to be careful make sure she makes a full healthy recovery um also uh reports are that elisa torsness will be ready to go next week uh in terms of playing um there was a funny moment on instagram where Katrina Gorey was taking some video <laughs> during Torsness's ultrasound on her leg, and uh, she kind of photoshopped a little image of a, a baby over the uh, the ultrasound and said, "Congratulations, it's a boy." And 
<laughs> kind of, kind of how to scary thing, but, um, well, just the joking that maybe that's why she's missing time. I, I don't think that's actually true. Um, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a, a radiologist by any means, but, uh, I've never seen a, a, lady who is having a baby get an ultrasound laying on her stomach like torsness was so <laughs> pretty sure they were just taking a look at her leg and making sure that her her hamstring issues are healing she doesn't have any bruising or any weird issues in there um and i believe we also have an audio clip related to that so we're going to go ahead and throw that in here for everybody to check out do you know the status or what is the status of kelly o'hara and elise torsness um elise is ready to go probably in the next week. Um, Kelly's going to be a little bit longer. I don't think we've got a timetable yet, but um, it'll be a minimum of a couple of weeks, probably a little bit longer. Okay. And then, uh, so let's move on to some random stats because anything random is always cool. Uh, Royals broadcaster Greg Rubel tweeted this out on the, well, that was actually just earlier today. Uh, Utah Royals FC leads the National Women's Soccer League in fewest goals allowed with five, fewest goals allowed per game, that's 0.63, fewest, fewest shots on goal allowed, 17. I mean, over eight games, 17 shots on goal, that's pretty great. That's uh, fewest per game at 2.1 shots on goal. Uh, the defense is killing it there. Uh, shutouts per game played, they're at 0 0.5, which is, uh, you know, Abby Smith and the defense, again, stepping up big there to keep the other teams off the score sheet. Passing accuracy right now for the team is at 73.8%. And passes per game, 478.9. And, I mean, that's a huge number even for, well, I mean, it, for soccer, period. Uh, that's a ton of passes. And I, I always like reading on the stat sheet later that, um, I mean, you want passing with a purpose, and I think the Royals are doing that. But if you're passing the ball a lot, you're possessing the ball, you're connecting to your teammates. And I think we've seen over the last, uh, certainly these last four games at home, the team has kind of really hit a stride and, and looked really, really good playing together. So those are good numbers to see. Um, so there's some, there's some, uh, indicators of how the team is measuring up to the rest of the league. Uh, defensively, very solid. Um, so let's dive into the match against Houston, match recap. Um, that was a one nothing win. Uh, second half goal by Erica Timrak on a great pass. Uh, Gunny making the cross from the right side. Amy Rodriguez letting it slip by her, uh, which, as Laura Harvey mentioned in the post game, that was world class to to have a, a striker who wants to just uh, let the ball go past her and and know that her teammate has a, a better opportunity to shoot on the backside of that play. Um, we looked like a pretty great attacking football team for for ninety minutes, um, and especially to the end of the game. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was, I think like you said earlier, it was, this was the best that from an attacking perspective that the Royals, they looked awesome. Um, I think finishing is still a bit of troubling, not troubling, but something that, um, they're working on 
Um, and also just credit to Jane Campbell, who made some really good saves. Um, otherwise, it might be 4-0. Um, Matt Montgomery uh, jokingly said, or 4-1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, salt, salt in the wind. Um, but yeah, it was, I mean, just looking at the match stats, it was the Royals dominated this. They, you know, 557 passes compared to Houston's 155. Um, yeah, passing accuracy was 80.8% for the Royals, 594 for the Dash, um, and then possession, again, the Royals. So just looking at the stats, it was all Royals, and um, too bad it was only 1-0. But, um, yeah, I liked, I liked how um, everyone played. Um, the defense is always just solid. I think, I think anytime I see like anybody getting close to the defense, a part of me is like the most relaxed because I know that it's going to be okay. (laughs) Um, the offense, I'm still like, just, just make the goal. Um, anyway, yeah, it was, it was a great game. And I think, um, the Royals should have had at least three goals, I think. For sure. For sure. Jane Campbell is so, so good. She is. So incredibly good. I mean, you know, the game before uh, in Houston, that should have been a lot more goals Mm -hmm. for us as well, too. And she just had a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as the rest of the game, I thought we looked the most attacking and aggressive that we have all year. Mm -hmm. It was really fun to watch. And like you said, I agree. Um, the defense is very reassuring to have back there. You know, I didn't realize this until I looked at the stat sheet, but Becca Moros had 11 tackles. Mm, dang. 11. That's mind-blowing, uh, you know, because the week before, Desiree Scott had the game high for both teams, and that was at five. So to have 11 tackles is pretty incredible. And that's what you want your fullback doing, though, slowing down the attack on the wings and, and, and really digging in and, and making good, clean tackles, uh, which, uh, well, you know, she's a smart veteran defender. Uh, it's good to see her being healthy again and, and locking down that left side. Um, the other thing we had a lot of in the game were, unfortunately, fouls, especially on Gunny. It was like, let's just, somebody somebody tweeted during the game, um, you know, it was like, we, uh, come on, Houston, we know Gundy is really good, but please stop hitting her in the head to prove it. Uh, <laughs> you don't just have to take her out. Um, although she ends up assisting on the goal. So maybe you do. I, I just, um, the fact that she hasn't missed a minute yet for the Royals uh, is really impressive, especially since she kind of is, is a bit of a target. Um, so I don't know how we I don't know how we avoid that. Maybe we need to enforce her like hockey teams have. <laughs> it is pretty crazy how easily uh, fouled she is. I mean, that's just crazy. Like either they know that she's the player to watch out for, and they have to stop her, and then you know, because fouls. I, I don't know. Is it? In, it's just it's just so crazy that she is the most fouled player. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. yeah. And what's what's really interesting about that, though, is if you're not that I would ever condone it as a strategy, but mm. if you were going to target somebody and think maybe you're going to get in their head and make them feel like, oh, this team is not going to let me do what I want. I, I think Gunny is the last person you want to go after because she's going to come right back at you. No matter how hard you hit her, no matter how many times you hit her, mm. you're not gonna you're not gonna get inside her her mentality and make her think she's not capable. She'll just run right back and go through you the next time. Mm. So, um, yeah, I guess if they want to keep trying it, you know, they can waste all their energy on that, and the rest of the team can beat them. Uh, <laughs> works for me. Um, and then we got to give a shout out to Erica Timrak, not only uh, scoring the goal, but for delivering some pretty sweet press conference talk, um, mm-hmm. quoting your favorite TV show. I believe we've got a little audio to drop in on that. So uh, we'll go ahead and give that a listen. Before here. we play that audio, though, oh, before. Um, I just want to bless the universe with something that I actually found out yesterday is so her dog is adorable and her dog has his own Instagram. No. It's dash sir chai no. dash. And I am so amazed. Uh, I, uh, I did a recent interview <laughs> with her and we're actually going to organize a puppy play date. Ooh. It's legitimately going to happen. And I'm, I'm so excited. Anyways, here's the audio. <laughs> Um, I actually think after the Houston game, way back when, whenever that was, um, I, in my mind, knew that this was going to be a game that potentially Erica, Taylor Lytle, those types of players would thrive in. Um, Wasn't sure at any point prior to lead up if they were going to start or not, but when Kelly, we knew Kelly couldn't play, um, I knew very early that I thought this game could be one for Erica. Um, she's worked really hard in training. Um, it was, today's game was about how good we could be on the ball, and I thought, well, I, I know that that's Erica's game. You know how finding the pockets of space in between backline and midfield is where she's at her best. Um, and I've said it to the group internally and. Um, Sometimes it takes a bit of time to show it, but having 22 players is going to be vital all season. Um, and yeah, Erica, Erica hasn't had as many minutes as probably she would like, but she's going to be a huge part of us and our success. And I'm really pleased for her today that she got the credit and the reward of a goal um, that she deserved. What is it about Houston that makes it a game for her? They low block, they don't press you. Um, sometimes when a game can be super physical, um, you know, that's not Erica's game. You know, I think she can she can use f- her game to bypass physicality sometimes. Um, but it's not about that today. You know, it's about um, being able to be good on the ball. And I think that's why Erica, Minnie, the centre-backs, Desi, Sean, really, because that's their game. That's that's what they're really... It's been it's been tough, um, you know, being us up this season, um, but 
I came on and I just wanted to kind of help the team out and it felt great getting a goal, but I really think that the team played awesome and we played nine minutes of good football and I don't think we can ask for much more than that. Ryan? What was that process like this week? And I guess when did you realize you'd be in the starting 11 and, and what was kind of that process like getting ready to, to do that instead of being a sub? Yeah, um, I think, I guess this week in training, um, but it's one of those things where like every athlete goes through it where they're a sub and then they get called up. Um, so it's just about being ready and stuff. And no matter what role I'm on this team, I'm gonna do it to my best. Um, whether it's being a sub, being a starter, whatever it is. Um, but I'm just glad that I could give the team my all and get a goal. Was this um, your 100th um, NWSL game? Um, so, someone so I guess said playoff was. games don't okay. count, gotcha. so someone miscounted. So. 100th overall is correct. Okay, 100th 100. overall, okay. so I guess that's pretty cool. Yeah, how does it feel to be uh, one of those players who has reached 100 games, you know, um, even overall? Yeah, it's pretty cool being in the leagues. And, I mean, I was a rookie this first year, um, so it's cool seeing how the leagues progressed. Um, and it's awesome that I could get my 100th at this club. Um, and I think this club's doing something truly special, and it's raising the bar for women's soccer. Um, and I'm just happy that I can be a part of that. Thanks. So you took a shot earlier in the game that was from almost the exact same spot as where you scored from. What did having that, you know, first missing wide a little bit help you when you actually, when you got the second chance from the same spot? Yeah, um, I think it's just like learning from your mistakes type thing. Um, Michael Scott always says you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. Um, but uh, yeah, so I knew if I found my spot like again there that um, I'd have to finish it. So. Sweet, sweet. Um, anytime you can quote The Office uh, live in a press conference, uh, drop some Michael Scott wisdom, that's fun to hear. And it's, it's, you know, it's good to see her have some fun with that too. Uh, riding a high after scoring a goal and winning a game. Always a good feeling. So um, the Royals just wrapped up four straight games at home. And the downside to that is the NWSL scheduling people decided, you know what, after that would be really great if they could spend four in a row away from home. So that is what is coming up for the Royals. Their next home game is not until June 27th. And we've, uh, I know that's rough. And I mean, I, I, I want to go again. I want to watch the team play in person, and that's that's a long wait. Um, we've got a little audio related to that as well. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that. Uh, what's the mindset you're trying to still on the team uh, for this four-game away? Uh, I think it'll be get points, you know. Ultimately, <laughs> that sounds stupid. Um, it'll be not changing who we are because I think the thing that makes us um, great is that we're really hard to beat, is we're really hard to beat. Um, but gradually in this home stretch we've become better on the ball and um, we've got to keep that momentum going away from home. Um, it is different going to Portland. I'm sure they're going to be really um, excited to see me back there. <laughs> so that's going to be joyous. Um, it's different environment going out there for one. Um, with the short turnaround as well, you know, I think that we've got to be prepared that it's a tough place to go and play. So we have to be really, we have to be really diligent in our defending, and just know that every time we play, every training session that we do, we get better and better on the ball. And um, these next four road games are going to be a huge opportunity for us to solidify ourselves in where we want to be. 
All right. Um, so one thing that has come up to the, about this, though, and I know uh, Laura Harvey also had some comments recently related to this. Will the road trip be easier uh, because we are more physically fit due to the adjustments for altitude. Um, Harvey said in a, a recent interview that uh, even back at the beginning of the season, making the trip down to Orlando, just from the preseason training, she doesn't recall in all her years in Seattle having a team that was able to put out the level of energy and effort that the Royals did in Orlando. That, that, you know, the, just at the, from preseason, this team was already kind of a step up from what she's used to. So this far into the season, with a couple months worth of games under the belt and, and really feeling comfortable at altitude. And, I mean, we are by far and away playing at the highest altitude of any team in the league. So one would hope that's going to provide a nice advantage for us coming up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Didn't know if you guys had anything no, more on I, that, I guess. I, I, okay. I can see that. I mean, altitude, going to no altitude or, you know, I, I can totally see that you're going to feel like you can run forever. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they said that against Houston, a lot of the players even were saying that, that I think Oh, I wish I could remember which one it was. Uh, might have been Amy Rodriguez that said she could tell. Like none of the players said anything to her directly, none of the Dash players, but she felt like they gained a step on them within in the last fifteen minutes and really started controlling more of the game. So that's a that's a I mean that's a great psychological thing for the Royals too because if they can take that into a game going, you know, even if things aren't looking great for us the first forty five to 60 minutes, we're going to get an edge at the end of this game because we're going to be able to outrun them. Um, I think that helps the team a lot. Um, pretty intense set of road games. Uh, the Friday trip this week is up to Portland. That's going to be a uh, big crowd, tough team. They've already had an experience against them. Um, they've got to <clears throat> just kind of take it to the next level up there and uh, and, and try and come away with at, le at least a draw. But I, I think, you know, finding a way to get a win would also be kind of a nice little stick to uh, to Portland and their, and their fancy big crowds and all that stuff. Um, follow that up with a visit to Sky Blue FC. First time facing them this season. Um, hopefully no stunning Carly Lloyd 40-yard goals are in store for that um but they're they're in last place and they um uh, i think right and um <clears throat> hope hopefully that'll be a good chance to pick up some points although there's a chance with that game being kind of right in front of those friendlies for the u.s national team uh becky sauerbrunn could be gone for that one um if O'Hara were healthy, she'd she'd very likely be there. There's also a, a random chance, who knows, if, if Jill Ellis gets crazy, and some people think she already is, um, she could even say, man, look at Amy Rodriguez. Maybe it's time for her to come back in to the, to the national team fold as well for a couple friendly matches. So we'll see how the roster plays out for that. Um, then back to North Carolina um, again for Ryan, another... Real oh, yeah. quick. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, on the sky blue note, though, I think what's also interesting in that game, though, 
is that, you know, Sky Blue will definitely be without Carly Lloyd. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty advantageous for us. And also, I think with Becky gone, uh, and if Amy gets the call up, which would be fantastic, I think it also gives the opportunity for us to see some players that we haven't seen as much. I think that with Sky Blue's style of play, uh, as we heard uh, when Laura Harvey talked a little bit about why Erica Timrak got the start, I think that's definitely a game that we'd see Erica start. I think sure. maybe we might see some action from Alexa Newfield and Megan Kelly, who are both you know very capable offensive players whom we haven't really had the opportunity to see. So hopefully it'll be the opportunity to see some new faces. But who knows about that Sky Blue game? That's true. And, you know, one of the things I was just thinking about, too, um, with the way that the league changed some of the roster rules this year, when national team players are missing matches, uh, it's a lot easier and, and better for the players themselves to bring in players on a, on a short-term contract uh, situation. And when you're talking about losing a center back, uh, you know, there's there's Katie Bowen on the team who could go back. You know, she subbed in as a defender against Houston, which was, and I thought she played really well there too, um, since I think that's her more natural part of the field to be in. She could always step in at center back, but a, another just off the wall maybe thought is uh, Taylor Isom, who the team drafted, is still part of their practice squad and could get one of those short-term contracts, even if it were just to come in on the bench and be available to back up Katie Bowen. Uh, but maybe she gets the call and travels with the team to New Jersey. That could be interesting to see. Um, but anyway, uh, then after that, um, a return trip to North Carolina for the second away match against North Carolina Courage. And then they round out the road trip to uh, Chicago Red Stars. Uh, always fun to, to go up against Sam Kerr for the first time and see how they hold up. Um, so uh, a tough stretch of games coming, but I think with the way the team is playing, um, it's it's not as scary to me as maybe it was earlier in the season because the, the confidence is there, the, the chemistry is there. Uh, I think they'll be all right. And I think that chemistry is so huge, especially, you know, with the four-game four road trip. Um, realistically, so four games, how many points do you think we shoot for? Mm, man, I want to say you got to get at least eight, you know, two wins, two draws. Come back, come back looking really solid. I mean, at a bare minimum, I think that's a four point. You know, you got to get the draws at least every time. Don't take a loss. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Sky Blue, I think, is a winnable game. Um, that's a very winnable game. It'd be great to put the courage in the loss column um, if nobody ha- manages it before then. <laughs> um, especially since, we, I mean, Royals played them really well. Um, but the last time get got that you know had a win really and then and then gave up that late goal so uh, I guess we'll we'll just see how it plays out but yeah a couple of wins on that swing would be fantastic then bring that home and 
and go into the I mean that's going to be half the season played by the time that's over. So Oh man. That that's is so going to say that's going to say a lot about where the team falls in terms of playoff positioning and and having a a solid run towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Do we have any score predictions? Do we want to talk about that a little bit? I know it's kind of a jump ahead, but I'm feeling ballsy. Cuz like Ooh. for Portland or for all the games? For all the games. Okay. For all of them. All right, let me try. Let's do, um, okay, Portland, I'm going to go two to one, Royals. Uh, you heard it here first on the Royals FC show. <laughs> uh, Sky Blue FC, I think two zero. Mm-hmm. North Carolina Courage, I'm going to go one zero, Royals. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, Red Stars, um, just because I haven't picked, you know, a tie, I'll pick a tie. And it'll be like (laughs) (laughs) 1-1. I'd be so happy with that. Yeah. That'd be great. I agree. I think that's a... uh, you heard okay, I'm gonna write the, write those down in case I am right and then I'll write be them like down and we'll we'll judge against later. Yeah, I'll be like yeah. oh, I called it. We'll we'll have a little wager in between yeah. each other. Ryan, you wanna go? Um I actually gosh, I don't know. The the Thorns match, I don't know, that could be another zero zero one between the two teams. Although I mean Portland at home, they'll be they'll be fired up. Maybe that one ends up one to one. Um Sky Blue, I'm gonna say three zero. Dang. Um, I, I think I think they can lay it on them. Um, Poor Sky Blue. And that, and that would be and that would be fun. To, I mean, I know I'm, I know I'm picking on them, but they don't they don't have a win. They have five losses and they don't look great. So, um, although a lot of that comes down to they've had some awful field conditions. They've had rain. They've had fog. They've had um, their field looks pretty patchy. So maybe that slows the Royals down somehow. Um, hopefully, it's a beautiful clear day. With lots of goals being scored, um, courage. For some reason, that's the one I really want them to win. Though I want to get them because they owe us for that that earlier one. Um, I'll say I'll say two to one win for the Royals there, um, and then Chicago. I, I like the the one to one prediction there too. Um, I mean, unless the defense is just lights out, but you never know with Sam Kerr playing. Mm. She's kind of a scoring machine, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Those are my thoughts, though. Right on, right on. Um, so Portland has conceded a lot of goals at home as of late. Yeah. I'm going to go 3-2 Royals. Dang, that's going to be a high Sky- score. Yeah. Sorry. Um, Sky Blue, I'm going to go... One zero Royals. Um, courage. I'm gonna go one zero Courage. I think that the Royals will be tired, uh, considering it's the third game on the road trip, and maybe missing Becky Sauerbrun in that game. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the game against Sky Blue. I don't know. Right. Either way. I think that the Royals make a mistake on the counter. They concede an early goal, and they don't get it back. Hmm. Um, Red Stars, I really don't know how I feel about this one. Uh, I'm going to go... Zero-zero draw. Ooh. No goals. All right. 
And it would be for um, the, uh, sorry, Ryan, it would be for the Sky Blue game where um, some of the U.S. women team, uh, teamsters will be missing. That's next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, one thing, one positive thing to note, well, not just one, but a positive thing to note for the Royals is they currently have the third highest goal differential in the league. Um, North Carolina is plus nine right now. Seattle is plus five. Uh, Royals are at plus two. Um, everybody else is uh, not defending as well mm-hmm. and, and putting or putting up the offense to, to match what other teams are doing. So um, that's a good sign going into a road trip, especially like this. Um, you know, you're up against teams that are, you know, like Sky Blue is at minus seven on goal mm-hmm. differential. And then everybody else except for North Carolina, it's, it's pretty pretty even. But, uh, you know, it's it's good to see that defensively, you know, if, if we can get that offense going and, and get the scoring. I know that's kind of been a common theme through our talk and, and questions we've had asked of us is, you know, why isn't this team just explosive up top? But, um, you know, I think it's closer than people might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more the more minutes Amy Rodriguez gets in a match, if she can start going full 90, um, if, if Tim Rack continues to play well in, in O'Hara's absence, and I, and I don't see any reason why she wouldn't, um, you know, all that stuff, the more it comes together, the more dangerous the team's going to get in scoring goals. But it, it, it doesn't always, you know, if your defense is solid, you don't really always need more than one goal. And and I'm personally fine with that. The three points is, um, you know, that kind of came up in an interview with Mike Petke, he, uh, talking about, he was talking about losses, but he's like, if you lose one to zero or four to zero, it's still a loss. Um, same thing's true with wins, though. I mean... If you get the three points, one goal, or if you win by seven, kind of doesn't matter at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So, scouting report on the Friday night match up in Portland. Ooh, Portland. Por- um, yeah, Portland. They are. What? They are fourth, which. Actually, a point, one point ahead. It's kind of funny. Not funny, but it, this is how tight it is. Minus North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, from like second place to six, with, which includes Seattle, Orlando, Portland, Chicago, and Utah. It's so tight. Um, Utah's... It's three points. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Um, and obviously, Portland's fourth. And yeah, so... it. It's so close, those lats, those next four teams after the Courage. Um, I, I, I was just, I think this is the first time today that I look at the stats. Anyway, wild. Ah. Yeah, and an interesting thing, too, in looking at the, at the breakdown of the standings, Portland's record, three wins, three draws, three losses, mm-hmm. and they're actually a better away team mm-hmm. than they are at, at home. Mm-hmm right now so and and dead even on goals for and against with 12 of each so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe maybe that game's more winnable than i was thinking a minute ago yeah um, i need to learn to read the standings <laughs> before i say stuff and then and then kind of form my thoughts but, it's true um but i mean it's gonna be tough yeah. for sure it's gonna be right. you know they're the same team that it was a it was a tough one one draw last time against them um 
I, I really hope it doesn't turn into that, you know, like what happened with uh, Portland and Seattle a couple of weeks ago where they, they slugged it out and there were just goals flying everywhere. Right. Um, Closer game, and maybe our uh, Royals get ahead by a goal and, and pull out a win mm-hmm. uh, would be much preferable. It's true, and I, for the port for the Thorns, <laughs> Thorns, um, gotta watch out for Christine Sinclair again. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she's the leading scorer in the league, has five goals, three assists. Wow. Um, so she's she's the one to watch out for. And then after that, it's Lindsay Horan who has three goals herself. So Portland, if they get they get it together, and obviously Tobin Heath is back in the um, starting mm-hmm. eleven. So, yeah, they they they're still a very um, they're still a team that has to be taken seriously. I mean, standings can only tell so much so much of the story. But um, and at home, Portland is. I mean, they have. It's always a, a stronghold for them. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to see. Start the road trip off with a a little little. I don't know. Maybe we don't want to call it a rivalry anymore after what happened the last time we tried that. But uh, it'll still be uh, it'll still be a tough match. It'll still be good to see um, the team get out there and uh, hopefully look really strong. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think they've got a lot of confidence built now. Um, you know, I personally would have liked to see more than just the two wins out of those four at home that they just played. But w- with the two draws coming against the, the, you know, against Portland and Orlando, that's not a horrible thing. Uh, it's nothing to feel bad about. Uh, but I think more important was the idea that they didn't lose. So they were always earning points during that swing. And I think, as we've said, we saw the team come together and really understand uh, what the tactics are, what, what the tendencies are. Uh, they're very comfortable playing together at this point now. So it's it's taking that forward into the next phase of, you know, we, we talked a lot in the early part of the season about, uh, you know, we looked really good on paper before the season started. And the results weren't living up to the expectations maybe in the first part of the season. Now we're getting there. We, we had to give them a little time to figure things out. But now they're, very, they're, they're looking a lot better. So I'm excited to see them take it forward and really uh, look to put up some impressive performances away from home. Bring us back some points and uh, get up there in the standings. Yeah, for sure. Well, do we have anything else? Because we are we are setting a time record what? for us here. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy! I forgot to uh, to ask for comments. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. I thought hey, about everybody. it today. <laughs> right, right now, even though you can't hear me saying this, <laughs> tell us what you want to. I know. We'll uh, we'll get them next week. Although there are some things. That are exciting that are coming up that maybe we should mention. Oh yes, let's do that. Uh, so Ryan is doing a monologue with himself, which is a yes. RSL women's one one spectacular. And honestly, I'm so excited for that because I'm a total yeah. newbie. I'm such a newbie to that league. And sure, I mean it's part of the franchise. It's a group of it folks is. that are really neglected that we should go support. It um, is for now. 
Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll mention all that stuff. I, I heard some, I'm not sure how much I really want to say or don't say. I'm, I'm, that, that team is always tricky for me because I, I don't want to offend anybody, you know, or I'm not going to try and I'm not trying to paint RSL in a bad light or anything, but there, there definitely are some things about that team it, that it's, it's got the Real Salt Lake name in the name of the team, but I would say less than 5% of the RSL fan base has any clue that team even exists. Yeah. So it's an um, equal, but separate kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I, I talked to, um, one of the team managers before the game last Friday and, uh, heard some interesting things. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll discuss just a little bit about what I heard. And, um, they played their first two matches this weekend. They got a draw and a win. Um, so, um, I'll break that all down and we'll have that coming out. Um, uh, I'll try and get that done tomorrow. Sounds good. Um, and another thing to point out with that is that, so I know Ryan, you don't like tooting your own horn, but Ryan has done a fabulous job, uh, on our Twitter page talking about RSL women. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't even know that there were games until I got notifications on my phone that Ryan had posted on that. So be on the lookout uh, for that kind of stuff at RFC show on Twitter. True, true. When I um, I went, uh, yeah, like I said, I went to the game and it just it dawned on me. I should take some pictures and, and tweet them out here. So I'll try and do that a little more. They play again Friday, which means I'm going to maybe miss part of the f- first part of the Royals match. But uh, right on. Yeah, that's I'll, a, I'll that's get home and check that out. <laughs> That's an eight thirty start. What's uh, right? I'm assuming also women at they the play Harriman at seven. facility. Yep, out in Harriman. Um, come out, come out and watch. There were eighty. Pe- my my quick guess, I counted through the crowd and saw about eighty people there. Wow, uh, which isn't nice. a terrible crowd for them. Right, but then again, I think they can do. I think we can do a lot better. Um, Wasn't Brittany Radcliffe you know, there? Brittany Radcliffe. Brittany Radcliffe. Yeah. That's right. Um, I'm flipping through Instagram and I see Brittany Radcliffe post a picture, and then I realize, wait a minute, that's the building I'm sitting in. Um, so that was neat. Yeah, she came out. I think Sydney Miramontes was with her too. Um, I'm terrible at recognizing them when they're not in their uniforms. Um, some players look so different when they put on their on their street clothes, and um, you know they'll they'll do their hair and makeup different and. Uh, they really kind of shape shift on you uh, if you don't know them really well. But they, uh, yeah, they they sat and watched the game. They went over and talked to you know they know um, several of the RSL women players from the time that they p- spent in preseason training with them. Um, so they went over and talked, and I I have heard that there's talk of some of the Royals players, maybe the ones who aren't getting as many minutes as they would like possibly going and playing with RSL women um, for some of their matches. So it's it's not the same kind of arrangement that RSL and Real Monarchs have, but it is still a place that those players can go play. And um, that would, I mean, that would be a huge boost to, to drop some, some pro-level players in on a few matches and, and see if they can have some, have some good experiences with that. Um, it, it's cool to see it moving right. in that direction, but I'll I'll, br- I'll dive more into that on my okay. my little monologue. I think the question I had was, um, is that allowed? And um, I don't know if that would be crossing some league deal. Um, I don't know. That's that's what I wonder. You know, because obviously there are, there are different leagues, so mm-hmm. that's that would be. Yeah, you probably would know more about that. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm actually honestly not 100% sure on like what the rules are as far as that goes. But then again, I, I don't know that there are as many as like on the men's side. Right. They've got that structure filled out. The the reserve teams that play for for the NWSL teams, I think that's a little bit more of a laid back relationship. Um, but um, you know, maybe I, I'll ask some questions, see what the what the rules are. Sweet. Sounds good. And then, are we are we going to mention the uh, the episode after that? Uh, the Erica Timrak? I thought Eric we already Timrak? did. Maybe oh, we okay. didn't. Well, we anyways, can say it again, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that'll be coming out hopefully Friday. And uh, Erica Timrak is officially my favorite player that I've inter- ever interacted with. Whoa. Whoa. Granted, I've granted I've interacted and you, and you with talk, a lot of players. And you talked to Low. Mm. Sorry, low. No, I like low too. <laughs> Granted, I've talked to like five players because I'm creepy and I just like to tweet at people. And You're sometimes like the opposite they like of me. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, on that oh, note, man. though, Erica did say like when you see players out and about, especially at that RSL women game, like go say hi. They like she it. She did. I know. I need to. I need to practice like a like an introduction. Yeah. Sp- you know, little, hey, this is who I am, and I, because it's, I don't know, to me, I'm just, I'm, I'm a shy person, so it's, it's hard for me to walk up to people I don't really know, and hey, how are you? But um, maybe if I make, maybe if I make it a little bit more semi-professional and say, hey, you know, I'm, I write for this website and do this podcast. Uh, you could do that. Hi, how are you? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I saw you got a. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Cindy. Um, I saw, um, I think Alex Newfield. I, I told you guys this. Uh, Thorsness and Gory and Tim Rack actually at the Rose and at that coffee shop place. And oh, yeah. yeah, and I almost said hi, but I was like, nah, you got to keep it cool, Cindy. You got to be cool. <laughs> so I, was, I just walked by and anyway. Yeah, you just got to like script it out. Mm. But I mean, I feel you. Yeah, I'm super anxious. Yeah, I sit in the court weird. and I follow everyone in the court on Twitter. <laughs> and yet I, I say hi to, um, you know, to Rick Walker. Oh, on that note, hey, Roscoe. Hey, Skylar. Oh, yeah, we got to mention them once per episode. <laughs> we do? <laughs> that's, yeah. that's right. I was, oh, that makes, that makes for a good story. Um, so there was a little Twitter shenanigans, as there often are with those two. Um, Something about, well, I won't say what the topic of conversation was because it could potentially get some people in trouble, but um, they, somebody as part of this conversation used that, that gif of Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec where he kind of turns his head to the camera and has that look of possibly mock surprise on his face. Um, it's it's good to use after somebody gets burned or something like that. Just that, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, kind of a look. Um, and Skylar has at her at her beck and call a, a similar uh, gif of Roscoe pulling mm. a... a, sh- a yeah. Expression of shock and surprise, yep. and he 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 replied to that by saying, "If you don't address me as Star Lord during the game tomorrow, I will not respond <laughs> to you." And I said, "Well, you need to walk in front of Section Thirty Five where I sit, and I will straight up yell that at you from the crowd." And he said he was going to come over, and maybe he did, and our timing was off. I didn't. I didn't see him walk by. I was actually really excited to do that because that would just be hilarious. To yeah, Star Lord. 
Lord, right in the middle of the, you know, but so, so hey, a- any other time, June 27th, come by. I will I will honor that request uh, even months later because that's just too too hilarious <laughs> for sure. On so. that note, I also want to thank Roscoe. He took a super he did uh, yeah. unexpected candid photo of me and my girlfriend. And my my girlfriend hates having photos taken of her. Um, so the fact that he was able to do it like professionally that was way nice of way nice of nice. Roscoe. Yeah. Nice. Anyways, y'all are great. Uh, this episode turned from being probably the shortest episode we ever did to maybe one of the longer ones. <laughs> uh, see, we, we get all this. We're, we're all about getting all the serious stuff out at the beginning and trying to, to to be on time. And then we realize that like, oh, hey, we're we're doing great. And then we just slack off. I actually yep. noticed that like two minutes ago. I was like, well. We are at 48 minutes. I don't think we're going to be so short anymore. (laughs) I'm glad, though. That was making me nervous with uh, how how quick we ran through all that other stuff. So I'm glad we found some stuff to talk about. Yeah, you're good. I still have to insert the audio when I do the final mixing anyways. That's true. Mm. So that'll add another 10 to 15 minutes. That will. All right. So uh, then I will put out the call for final thoughts. Anything else? Um, Well, I did have one, but I forgot. You forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Okay, then just real quick, how was how was second game in Utah? It was fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Got to hang out uh, with. um, Yeah, we had our our, uh, soapbox hangout, which Virtual didn't join us at, and I was really sad. I know. We were all there. Mm. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it was really good. It was fun. I I enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. It was good to actually meet you in person. Yeah, uh, instead, of, instead of just being the voices <laughs> through the computer. Uh, oh yeah, because you didn't, so good you didn't time. meet Sidi last mm-hmm. trip. That's you? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wasn't able to go to the uh, to the dinner. Mm. Uh, oh, and I did one last quick thing. That uh, that T-shirt everybody was showing you the soccer tacos. Yes, yes. Thing if the, couldn't be a T-shirt more perfect for you, I could there? I I actually soccer and tacos. Kevin actually personalized one for me because I was like, "Do you got any other colors?" And he just like, "I need to order that T-shirt. I'm gonna go do that right now." Because awesome. it's been on his. Okay, that's awesome. I'm gonna do that. Cool. Good deal. Gonna order okay. my taco well, T-shirt. Then. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> We're sorry, I'm okay. done. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> then we was just uh, th- want to thank everybody again for listening to us every week, giving us something to uh, to chat about. Write in your questions. Don't leave us without you know thoughts or suggestions. Um, we'll be better about asking for those. We'll be a little more proactive this week. Um, Royals play. In Portland on Friday, check that out. If you're in Salt Lake and want something to do before that, come out to the RSL Women game out at the Academy in Harriman. Uh, thanks again, everybody. This has been Royals FC Show, Episode 13. Take care. <laughs>